We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Clay Harbor. At Wembley Stadium, 90,000 sold-out crowd in London. And for some reason, my heart's beating getting out of a limo to go date some girl. Like, what's, first off, what's wrong with you? Former NFL player. Not a quarterback. I'm a tight end, but I've watched a lot of tape. I've been in meeting rooms with Tom Brady. been in meeting rooms with Drew Brees. I've been in meeting rooms with Michael Vick. Quarterbacks know what they can do and what they can't do, and I know what a quarterback can and can't do and when, when you're supposed to expect them to be able to be successful. Play Harbor with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We have Zach Zaidman sitting in today and we're delighted to welcome in clay harbor clay of course nine-year nfl veteran a guy that does a great job breaking down the nfl analyzing things and uh and local guy as well congratulations to you for that and he joins us now on the the signature bank score hotline signature bank making commercial banking personal good morning clay how are you I'm doing great. I mean, I was doing a lot better before I heard that uh, the little preview of me talking about the Batsarette, but uh, no, I'm good, man. It's beautiful day. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, it is, again, as I said, you're a, you're a very dynamic, good-looking dude. I, uh, I wish I was you. It's, uh, it's wonderful to talk to you. Um, I, so here we are. We're sitting here and we're looking at these teams. And obviously, you, you've played in the NFL. You've uh, you know drafted by Philadelphia. You're looking at them now and and how they got there. Um, when you see this team and the way they've rebuilt it from a championship team, it's, there are still some parts left over. There's still some uh, parts of the line of scrimmage. You look at the Bears and everybody wants to compare. Uh, uh, J- uh, Justin Fields to Jalen Hurts, and that's the move he needs to make, etc. But the fact of the matter is that that's a really good base that you have in Philadelphia that you don't have in Chicago. So when you look at the Bears in this offseason and the money and the first pick, are you thinking line of scrimmage out? Are you thinking weaponry? What do you think of? I mean, I think you got to think of all of it, but that's the formula right there. You saw what the Philly, the, what Philly was able to do in that situation. They brought in big-time players on both their lines. Obviously, they drafted well, too, with a guy like Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, but, you know, Jason Kelsey, Hall of Fame guy. And when you draft a guy like that and you're able to sign him to a, a long-term deal and, and have them play at a high level, that, that helps a lot. But you saw what they were able to do with the defensive line, bringing in Hassan Reddick, a guy that wasn't overly expensive, that produced as good as anyone in the league with 16.5 sacks this year and five forced fumbles. And this guy's a difference maker. And obviously they, they drafted well there, there still. They still have Brandon Graham, a first-round pick. Fletcher Cox, a first-round pick. You see they got Jordan Davis is playing well, first-round pick. Josh Sweat. You know, they got a lot of guys that they drafted and, and brought in that way, but they also made some big plays in free agency. They brought in the Dominican Sue. They brought in C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And, and there's a lot of things they could do that way 
that help. And there's some similarities. T.J. Edwards, undrafted Wisconsin linebacker that, that ended up being a great player for them. I think we got one of those. I really like Jack Sanborn, 59 tackles and six starts. I mean, this guy was all over the place. But I think there's a formula there. They traded for a wide receiver when Hurts, you know, had a decent year. They traded for a big wide receiver. They had a strong run game. You saw what Hurts was able to do with a good old line, a good solid run game, and a number one wide receiver. And obviously he's got two number one wide receivers, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith in his own right is great, and then he has a big-time tight end. So there's a formula there. Bring in a big-time receiver, sure up the lines, and I think you're going to see Justin Fields vastly improve the way we saw Jalen Hurts improve. How long does it take to, to put all those parts together? Because, you know, it's easy to say, well, do it the Eagles way, but it took the Eagles a little bit of time and yeah. very few misses. They hit a lot of home runs, very few misses to get to the level they're at today. Absolutely. And I think maybe you take more from the Jacksonville Jaguars formula because you're in a very similar situation they were. Obviously, you got a new coach, um, you know, Eberflus going into his second season there and the Jaguars are the worst team in the division for two con- in the league for two consecutive years. Worst team in the league brought in a new coach. They have, they had a hundred million dollars to spend and they had the first round draft pick and they were able to bring in a lot of pieces on free agency and then draft. Well, I mean, not great. They drafted. Okay. Actually. And, and then they were able to make the playoffs win a playoff game. And I think that's something the bears can do in the same situation. The Jaguars, you look what they did. They, they were able to bring in two wide receivers, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, some of the Bears might need to do, offensive linemen. Brandon Sheriff was a big piece right there. They were able to develop some of their other offensive line. Then they got Travis Etienne back, a big-time running back. They were able to bring in some big-time defensive pieces, too. Linebacker Foyer Lewican led the league in tackles. Uh, Folo Fadakasi, a big-time defensive tackle. See, they were able to do a lot of things in, in free agency and spend that money in, in good ways. And that helped them go from worst team in the league for two consecutive years to winning the division, AFC South, and then winning a playoff game and playing competitively with the Kansas City Chiefs, the the team a lot of people think have a good shot to win the Super Bowl this year. I want to go back to what you said about uh, Jason Kelsey. Do do you believe he's on a Hall of Fame track? I know he's, you know, he's, he's a, Super Bowl champion, five-time first-team All-Pro. I mean, he's got a lot of credentials. His brother, I hear all the time on Hall of Fame track, but I, I, uh, I haven't heard it with the older brother. You think they both wind up in the Hall of Fame? I think they both wind up in the Hall of Fame. It's, it's very incredible. Wow. And I'll tell you a quick story about when I met Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey was one of my good friends when I was in Philly. We would hang out. We were, you know, we were both young single guys, and we'd go out occasionally. And um, – I remember one night we were, we were going out. It was in the off season. He's like, "Hey, my brother's coming into town." I'm like, "Oh, nice, man. Um, uh, what are we doing?" Where he's like, "Yeah, meet at my place. Just walk to a couple bars, hang out. You know, no big deal." And then I remember his brother showing up, and um, and I'm like, "Man, this guy's tall." I'm like, "Yo, what's up, man? You know, Travis Clay. Nice to meet you. He's still in college." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I want to play in the NFL too." I'm like, "Okay, buddy." Like. A lot of people want to play in the NFL. And I literally remember thinking, like, okay, this guy really thinks he's going to play in the NFL like his brother. Like, that's a good thought, man, but it's it's hard. And he played at uh, Cincinnati. Well, yeah, what's your numbers look like? And he's like, oh, you know, I had like 300 yards. At the, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to do it. 
and come to find out it's Travis Kelsey, who's arguably the best tight end in the history of the NFL. So, I mean, that just goes to show you, man, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> That's awesome. That is hilarious. Yeah. You know, as a tight end, I, I'm just very curious. What do you think of Cole Komet? Do, do you do you think he's good enough? He's never going to get open. He he's learning how to block. I mean, I'm saying he's never going to outrun anyone. But but do you need another one? Do you need two like him? What do you think of? You know, that's the thing. I I think I think I like Cole. I like yeah. Cole Komet. I think he's a, he plays extremely hard. He ha- he's a really good blocker. You know, a lot of tight ends in this league. I respect the heck out of those guys that that can really hold up at the point of contact he can you can put him on the strong side of a play and you don't have to run the ball the backside you know you can do some play action stuff out of that because you don't have to put him in the backside of runs but like you just said he is not a guy that is going to line up one-on-one with a safety and just get open or beat a cornerback and just get open I mean some linebackers he's just not the, the get open guy he's a big body he can run through a zone he can catch a ball, but he's not going to do anything dynamic. So, in my opinion, I think, you know, give Luke Getzey some more weapons. Bring in a, a big H receiver. Maybe a guy like uh, Evan Ingram. I know he might be highly um, fought after this right. year. But, uh, you know, bring in one of those guys. Maybe hey, Clay, you know, you know this draft is filled with the kind of tight ends you just talked about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm going down to, uh, to the Senior Bowl. Uh, we could talk after that, and I'm I'm really focusing on these these tight ends: Cameron Ladu, Luke Musgraves, a guy I like from Oregon State, um, Payne Durham out there from Purdue, Will Mallory, pure receiver, Miami guy, supposed to be good after the catch. I'm really Josh Whittle from Cincy, Braden Willis from Oklahoma, Davis Allen. I'm looking forward to seeing these guys in Mobile, and really seeing you know, who I like. And that's one of the positions I really wanted to focus in on, obviously because I consider myself an expert at tight end having played it. And because I think this is something that the bears could use. And I want to see if I, if I think any of these guys could really fit into that system and be a big pass catch, catching threat in this offense that I don't think Cole Komet can be. I love Cole. I think he can make some plays, but like you said, he's not the get open type of tight end. It's interesting. I, you know, I look at this Bears team, and, and there aren't a ton of weapons. But obviously, you know, Chase Claypool, they gave up a lot for him. They got to get the most out of him. I keep thinking if they had one top-end receiver, then everybody moves into the right spot. You know, it's almost like a, a pitching yeah. rotation. If you've got a yep. number one, you got an ace, then all of a sudden you're not, you know, you're moving everyone into a different position in that rotation. It's the same thing, I think, with this receiving core. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And I know they've invested a little bit into this receiving core with the Chase Claypool deal, but you need another one. If you want this to actually be a, a good receiving core, you need another one. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's out there in free agency. Um, I, I know you need a lot of uh, other things in the draft, and we don't got a, a second pick until 54. And you, you can get a haul with that first. You trade back. Hopefully, you get a second round pick. Maybe you go there, early second round. I know you don't. I know you want to focus on the defensive line with that first pick, but you get you get a second round pick. Maybe you maybe you take a wide receiver. There's some decent receivers in this class. Free agency, I think DJ Shark is a guy that could be, you know, a depth piece. I think, you know, Jacoby Myers could be a depth piece, but you might have to trade for a number one receiver. And I don't know what you need to do. Maybe you trade, 
you get an extra pick in the second round. You can use that, package that up, and, and trade it out. And you look at A.J. Brown. He wasn't drafted. He wasn't signed. He was traded for to rekill, right. traded for. Right. So th- this has happened. I mean, this has been seen in the past. There is you know comparables to that, and I think that's something that Polis is going to have to look at. Clay, you've been on teams that have had really good quarterbacks over uh, the course of your life. When When you hear what the Bears have said about Justin Fields, especially at the end of the year, when Mm -hmm. it's a two-pronged attack. One is surrounding him with more weapons. That's obvious. The second part is a little bit more difficult, and that's the internal growth that has to take place with Fields as a passer. What does he have to work on this offseason, beginning now as he begins to look at the, the job ahead? What does he need to work on to become a better player internally? Well, something he can do now is just get on the same page. You know, obviously, you know, start throwing, you know, take some time off, but start throwing with your guys, you know, develop the rapport. And I know him and Mooney are good, good friends. And obviously now you got Chase Claypool here. That's one of the reasons I like the deal. You get him here for the off season. These guys got to link up. These guys got to get to know each other and, and you got to do some, like you, you'd hear about Trevor Lawrence taking his guys out to Hawaii or something and, and throwing out there and taking these trips to California and you're throwing in the offseason just to develop that rapport. That's what the greats do. And I remember I'm in Jacksonville and um, and uh, Blake Bortles. Love Blake Bortles. I'm not, not trying to bash Blake Bortles, but, you know, we don't throw much in the offseason. Finally, we're like, we're going to go throw for, for three, three days in, in L.A. And we all go out to L.A., and the, we get one throw session. The next day, Blake can't make it because he's hung over. And then the next day, the field's in use. And I'm like, wow, this was such a cluster. Then I go to New, New Orleans. I'm sorry, the, the last year of my career, I'm in New Orleans. Drew Brees, similar thing. Drew invites me out to California to go throwing with him. The difference in those two guys, to me, just summed up their careers. Drew booked my flight first class, paid for the hotel to put me, Kobe Fleener, in, in um, up in a hotel, and then he would pick us up every morning at 7 a.m., take us to the field, and we'd have a specific list of plays we were going to run just so he could see him against certain coverages, specific co- coverages. He had, he had cones set up. Then after that, he took us and paid for us to do training at his training facility for an entire week. At the end of that week, he took us back and uh, dropped us off at the airport. And I remember thinking, I'm like, wow, man, that's the difference. You know, Blake, yeah. we're out here, we get one throw session, you know, it's very unorganized, and you go out here with, with Drew Brees, and it's just so organized, we get five good days of work in, so that's what Fields have to, has to do, he has to get the guys together, get the team together, show him, he's full, show them he's fully invested, and just get that time, bring in the receivers one week, bring in the tight ends one week, bring in the running backs, throw with everybody, and then that's how you become great, and, and that's how you get on the same page, and that's what he needs to do. Boy, that, that is a great story, and, and you are right. That underscores why each guy has the career they have. And, and, you know, you've heard stories like that with Breeze, and we know how hard he's worked. And, you know, you're hearing stories like that with uh, with Jalen Hurts and the the amount of yeah. time he puts in. Apparently he was, he was like, powerlifting 600 pounds when he was, like, in high school. I mean, the guy is like – you know, the reason that he's as strong as he is and as dangerous as he is is because he works his tail off. He's really made yeah. himself the player that he is. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something you hear about him. He's a guy that's in the weight room squatting 600 pounds and, you know, being out there for training camp this year and, and getting to go back in the weight room and just talk with some of the guys in Philly. And everybody everybody feels that way about Jalen Hurts. This guy's all business. And he's big. I remember when I first saw him this yeah. offseason, and, and he looks like a tight end, man. He, I'm like, who's that? That's Jalen Hurts. I'm like, I thought he was, you know, a lot smaller. This guy's bigger than me. And, like, you know, I'm a tight end. I still stay in shape. I'm like, man, this guy's, guy's Jack. So he puts in the work, and I think that's one of the reasons he's so respected and these guys just go to bat for him. And that's why for the zone, they can run the zone read so well. I mean, last game, you I mean, you look at the stats. They put up record-breaking numbers according to ESPN Stats and Info on 33 zone read plays. They had 221 yards for two, D, two TDs, the third most of any team since 2011 and 4.6 yards before contact. And that's why he's so valuable. I'm not saying he's the, the greatest thrower. And people are like, oh, look at his numbers. Is any other team going to be able to run the zone read for 221 yards and 4.6 yards before contact? I mean, the Bears could maybe do something like that, but it's all because of him, his decision-making, how strong he is in the zone read, how well he runs it. Clay, let's flip ahead to the games this weekend. Let's start in Philadelphia. San Francisco comes in. It's been a magical ride for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Can they take that ride into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles? You know, I think they can. I'm not. I'm picking the Eagles, and, and part of the reason is, I mean, that that Brock Purdy's great. He's seven and zero, right? And he's done a good job with that team, but. Eagles defense is is really good. A lot of people don't realize that they have 70 sacks. They have 15 more sacks than any defense in the entire league. And I know the 49ers defense is good. They only have 44 sacks. You got two lockdown corners, James Bradbury and Darius Slay. These guys are two All-Pro quarterbacks. These are lockdown corners. Avanti Maddox is looking like he might come back. The slot defender, C.J. Gardner Johnson is back. Now he's playing slot, slot corner. They got Blankenship in at safety. And this defensive line, Hassan Reddick could have been the defensive player of the year. T.J. Edwards, great linebacker. Kaiser White has had a heck of a year. This defense is going to be the toughest defense that he's played against. And obviously the, the Phillies, like we, we've talked about their offensive weapon, it's just a complete team. I know the 49ers are good. I'm a big Fred Warner guy. I think Nick Bosa is great. But I'm, I just think Philly is too consistent. They're, they're too good of a complete team and it's in the link. I know how crazy the link can get. Brock Purdy's going to, I mean, he's going to be hearing some things he's probably never heard before out there with those Philly fans, man. These guys are crazy. So it's going to be a fun game, but I'm taking the Eagles. And how about the other one? Yeah, I, I like, you know, I like the Bengals, but got to realize Buffalo was really, really hurt. Von Miller, Micah Hyde, DeMar Hamlin, Jordan Poyer, Dean Marlowe, Tredavious White. I mean, they had a lot of guys out. The fact that, I mean, I, I, that's how the game should have went. With all the players that Buffalo had out, that's how the game should have went. I know people are surprised. You know, Josh Allen, Superman, no team's going to be able to come back from that many injuries, and I love Joe Burrow. The Bengals had 31st downs. I mean, that's the most anybody's ever had against Sean McDermott, and it's crazy, but a lot of injuries. I know they're a balanced team. They had 242 pass, 172 rush against Buffalo. But it's hard for me to go against Patrick Mahomes even on one ankle. Andy Reid, my old coach, the coach that drafted me. You know, Travis Kelsey, greatest tight end in the league. So I'm going to go with, you know, in Kansas City, Arrowhead's a very tough place to play. 
Andy Reid, he's going to know how to tweak the offensive game plan to make it look like Patrick Mahomes is, is just Patrick Mahomes, and I'm taking the Chiefs in a, in a nail-biter Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. Oh, that is fantastic. I picked that Super Bowl before the year started. Can you believe that? Oh, I, man, I did you a put fr- a bet on that? I wish I had, but I did say it publicly. Yeah, no, I'm an idiot. But I I had a friend in Philly who told me, uh, with the team, who told me that uh, that kid was working so hard and that he was going to be phenomenal. He, he, like, read it. And they – I liked their team. I loved A.J. Brown. You know, just – there's so many things to like about the way they put that group together. So I hope you're right. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think it would be a great story. Andy Reid and – coming back and playing against Philly. And the Kelsey brothers, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kel- two, two brothers. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, Clay, thanks yeah. a ton. Enjoy your time in uh, Mobile. Is it Winsel's? Winsel's Easter Hound? There's a great spot down there everybody goes to. Uh, great catching up with you. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, guys. Thanks. That is Clay Harbor. He does a great job breaking down the league. That's fun. That's fun stuff. I think he did a – a really interesting look at that. I love some of those stories, hanging out with uh, Travis Kelsey before he was Travis Kelsey. That's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's just his buddy's brother. Yeah, good luck with that. The guy's going to, going to the Hall of Fame for sure. Great stuff. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.